What is happening, fans of the Texas Trailhead? This is your host, Danny, and this is episode number nine. This past weekend, me and my family had an awesome opportunity to knock out two state parks at once, and that's what I'm going to talk to you right now. We're going to go over Longhorn Cavern State Park and Inks Lake State Park. But stay tuned after I talk about those two places for an extra bonus little behind the content from uh, a recent Instagram post. So stay tuned. Grab your hiking shoes and your backpack and come out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. Located in Burnett County, just outside of Marble Falls, exists a river-formed cavern, enormous chambers with smooth walls that has provided shelter for natives that inhabited this land hundreds of years ago. And as legend has it, some Wild West hooligans used this space to hide out some treasures as well. The CCC built the facilities in the 1930s that exist here today above ground. And these buildings have been used for a variety of things like an admin building and a dance hall. The structures here are a sight to see. The building that greets you has been beautifully stacked rocks that are typical of the civilian conservation corps. And inside the first floor is some history of the buildings and the land itself. In this building, there's a rooftop that's accessible only by the staircase, but on top there's a compass on the ground and one of the great places to see the hill country. The headquarters has a great art deco facade, and the inside has a gift shop to one side and a snack bar and small TV theater to the opposite side. The inside was very reminiscent of one of the guest service buildings at Rocky Mountain National Park. Very open and spacious, but with a hint of vintage park vibe. Even the halls leading to the restrooms felt very parky with the rocks creating the walls the ticket counter is where guests can purchase their souvenirs and tickets for the cave tour but because this was going to be a a double troubled trip we opted to skip the tour for another time this is a very small park but there are trails here we decided to do the wildflower way trail that leads you past the park coast who is very friendly, and on to the first point of interest away from the cavern, the CCC Observation Tower. So just a quick note, like I said, this is a small park, and the map makes it seem, or made it seem to me, that these sites are kind of far from each other. But no, they're not. They're laughably close to each other, as I was looking at the map wondering how far the next building was, only to be standing pretty much in front of it without even moving very far. The observation tower was used as a place to store water, and the building's quite magnificent. On the first floor is an open room with a picnic table to rest or to wait as people walk on the winding metal staircase to gaze into the distance. There's a middle floor with a neat concrete window 
kind of sculpted out, and the staircase continues on to the roof. And just a quick safety tip, the staircase states that only one person should be there on the stairs at one time. They're not super wobbly, but there definitely doesn't seem to be enough room for more than one person at a time. On top, on the roof, you can see the Falkenstein Castle, I think is what it was called, off in the distance. It's not really a castle per se anymore. I think when I asked, the the person behind the counter said they use it for venues and venues for weddings and whatnot. But still, even though it's pretty far away, it's still a pretty neat building to see off in the distance. So continuing along the trail, you come to the Karst Discovery Trail that features the CCC cabin at its entrance. This building was used as officers' quarters and is now only enjoyable from the outside. We tried to go in, but it was all boarded up. But fun fact, I didn't know what a karst was and just thought it was someone's name when I was reading the trail. So as you walk down along the trail, you eventually come across uh, two sections of rock that have these valleys cut into the rock from a history of flowing water. Well, as it turns out, these are karsts. The actual definition is a landscape underlaid by limestone, which has eroded by dissolution, producing ridges, towers, fissures, sinkholes, and other characteristic landforms. And where these are, are also the caves and caverns you find around Texas and around the world. This trail will eventually meet up with the Backbone Ridge Nature Trail, and that will head back towards the visitor center. Typical of central Texas parks, there's lots of trees with cedar, oak, and mesquite, but the car sections are definitely really neat. In total, you're looking at just under two miles to hike every inch of the trail here, so definitely something to do if you arrived early for your cave tour. But I totally recommend checking out the car section of the trail. There's... Like I said, two different sections that really open up and have plenty of space to walk around and just check out the kind of smaller of the geological wonders that are available at this state park. But what a what a neat experience to be able to have all of these really neat geological finds in one place. The cavern gives you enough of a glimpse before needing to be with a guide but you're definitely not getting any glimpses of inside the cavern. The entrance does have a bit of an underground feel to it, though. There are some signs that give you a bit of the history of the formation and how the CCC helped make it more accessible. But after that, it's a gate that keeps visitors out of the entrance to the cavern itself. It's about $20 for adults, and I think it was about $10 for the kiddos over 12 Longhorn Cavern, it's definitely worth the visit. Not a huge space, so this place can definitely fill up pretty quick. And while we were there, it seemed like it was filled with people on motorcycles just driving around and some school field trips. But there's definitely plenty to see around the property without necessarily getting the cave tour or the cavern tour like we did and how we experienced it. But if you have the time and you're 
wanting to just enjoy everything about the hill country, I definitely think that the cavern tour is something that y'all should do. And the gift shop had some pretty rad stuff too. I picked up a couple stickers. They had a CCC magnet and the matching sticker to go with it, which I haven't actually seen at any of the parks. A lot of what they had were cool crystals and rock type trinkets and souvenirs. And then of course the normal t-shirts and various games and, and a cool vintage poster that I actually picked up. So that is Longhorn Cavern State Park. When we come back, I'm going to talk about Inks Lake State Park. So stay tuned. The road that links the two parks together is Park Road 4A. When we were leaving the caverns, we noticed a sign that said to enjoy the national treasure of the road. Curious as always, I asked my real-life Siri, my wife, to look up what made the road so special. So, just like the road that connects Bastrop and Bisher State Parks, this road was also built by the CCC. There's nothing that really stands out on the road that makes it seem like CCC construction, with the exception of some small rock arches used as a water crossing, or just kind of where the road goes over a water crossing. The drive does start to open up as you get close to the park. Inks Lakes is one of the highland lakes that were formed when the Colorado River was first dammed. One of the other lakes nearby that's part of the highland lakes is Lake LBJ, and I visited there for many summers growing up, so it's neat to be back in the area as an adult and sharing this experience with my daughter. Driving into the park, my first impression was that it resembles a lakefront resort. Very open and people abound. The Texas Parks and Wildlife announced that they were lowering the water for maintenance, but that did not deter guests on camping out over the weekend. Still plenty of water for paddling and fishing, so the show definitely went on. Like my trip to Palo Duro and Mineral Wells, the headquarters, I noticed, is merely a check-in spot. If you're looking for those one-of-a-kind souvenirs, you'll need to head into the park a little bit farther and visit the park store. Here you'll find shirts, stickers, ice cream, and most importantly, firewood and bait for fishing. If you're here for the day, there's plenty of parking and things to do if you don't want to just fish. We drove by a playground, and of course there are a handful of trails here, but I don't want to jump ahead to that just yet. If you're extending your stay, know that there are a ton of camping spots available. But this park is busy. I definitely recommend making a reservation, especially during the summer. Heck, we were there in the middle of February, and just a little sunshine was enough to make this place feel like the entrance to a rock concert. Just the energy was palpable. While the sites here are primarily for RV campers in number, there are campsites for tents, and there's a special primitive camping area, too, called the Pecan Flats Interpretive Trail. 
The interesting thing is the tent camping and RV camping are on opposite sides of the park, too, so it won't feel as cluttered. Most RV campers don't need as much room to spread out, but I did see a handful of tents next to RVs, which leads me to my final camping option, the mini cabins. These seemed like the most busy on the Saturday that we were there. Located all along Inks Lake, the mini cabins were reminiscent of the cabins at Lake Bastrop South Shore. So make sure to listen uh, back to that episode if you do like to camp in cabins by the water. This is where we saw the playground, but there are others spread throughout. Playgrounds, that is. It's definitely one of my daughter's favorite features and something I highly recommend if you're camping with the kiddos. Restrooms with showers are available at each of the camping loops, but the primitive camping area has a composting toilet. And that's not unusual to see. As water recreation is the big draw here, be on the lookout for various water-based activities for the entire family. The park store had notices on the daily events, and this is also where you can rent kayak and paddle boats. This is important because there is a section of the lake that is designated a no-wake area. Just a little bit more sensitive to the motorcraft. Our original intention for this park was that we were going to drive around, look at the water, and maybe fish a little bit. When I looked at the trail map, something definitely stuck out to me, though. It said, Devil's Waterhole. I had to know what this was. So we drove to the parking area, grabbed some light gear, and made our way down the trail. The one positive thing about the water being lowered is that more of the rocks are showing. The colors in the sunlight were magnificent. Saw a bunch of reds and browns and blacks. Markings on the walls showing previous water levels as well. It was hard to imagine, though, people using these cliffs to dive into the water below. But I've seen videos of this place when the water is high, and it looks pretty neat. So this whole area of the lake is pretty special all on its own. This is where Spring Creek and Inks Lake join together. The Delta is a great spot to fish in a kayak or just hang out and admire the scenery. The rocks here are nothing short of spectacular. And for some reason, my daughter suddenly had this urge to go exploring. There is a trail here. It's called the Valley Spring Creek Trail. And it's just under a mile. But with the rocks, it's easy to go off trail and just walk around by the water. Four points of interest are in this area, including the waterhole, the delta, a scenic overlook, and the valley Spring Creek waterfall. It took some maneuvering, but we're pretty sure we saw it, but just without as much water. And just up the rocks from here, but also accessible from the park road, is the Devil's Backbone Nature Trail. This trail is just over a mile long, and it takes you from the parking lot to the waterhole. It also features a bird blind for those birders out there. But this whole area was pretty fascinating because of all the rocks. And while the trail does kind of loop around a little bit, like I said, it's fun to just kind of go exploring. You're on rock, and there's enough places for you to 
kind of climb around and enjoy the scenery in itself. And this is pretty much only because the water is down so low. So you can kind of hop across the water. There was a family that seemed to be three generations, grandpa and their kids and then their grandkids. And I was eavesdropping a little bit just because their conversations were pretty adorable. But the who I thought were the grandparents had mentioned coming there when the parents, the, the middle generation, were young and just how much water they've seen there in the past. My daughter and I loved it, and my wife enjoyed it. Is really, really thought it was really fun as well. And just kind of climbing up and around the rocks and checking out the different views and kind of seeing the water in the background was pretty neat. There was another section where you could go up on the Devil's Backbone Nature Trail And while we didn't hike that whole route, we definitely got to see some pretty gnarly views and could definitely see how this is a fun spot to visit in the summer for sure. So we weren't there to do a full hiking trip because we had spent some of our time at Longhorn Cavern, but I definitely want to go back and check out some of the other trails. Most of the trails are easy to moderate. And the longest trail is going to be the Woodland Trail, which is 2.2 miles. According to the Texas Parks and Wildlife map, this is an excellent backcountry hike that will take you through oak woodlands over rocky outcrops and to the very scenic views of Hoover Valley. You have the Devil's Backbone and Devil's Waterhole Trails. You have the Valley Spring Creek Trail, which is the trail you'll see right when you get to the Devil's Waterhole. And then also, the like I mentioned, you'll get to see the Pecan Flats Trail. This is almost two miles long, and it's the rugged trail that also has highest the highest elevation of the trail system there. And this is an interpretive trail, and apparently... This separate trail has its own 20 points of interest, so that's definitely something I want to go back and do. The rest of the trails are pretty much just pathways around the water to get to the fishing. When we were there, it was a Saturday, and there were a ton of people that were there camping, setting up camp, getting their fish on, even with the water levels down. And most people that I've talked to probably wouldn't venture out if, say, Canyon Lake water was down a little bit. But that didn't stop anybody from visiting this state park. So that's really a testament to kind of where this is um, and just all of the fun things that you can do at this state park. Inks Lake is definitely somewhere that I'm going to visit again. And just the drive from Central Texas, the 35 corridor out there, out towards Marble Falls, was really, really a fun drive. Not quite the fun scenic drive like Lost Maples was, which I can't wait to talk about. But it was definitely just a fun back roady type of drive. 281 for me going outside of Austin is 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 a pretty neat drive. We took it coming back from Palo Duro, so all the way from North Texas down to 
pretty much this area of Texas, and it has a lot to offer as well. But the Colorado River going through Marble Falls is probably one of the wider points that I've seen it. It's driving to Houston from LaGrange, if y'all are familiar with that area. You pretty much cross over the Colorado River on 71, I feel like five different times. But out in Marble Falls, it was pretty spectacular. So I definitely want to go back and visit Marble Falls on its own too. But yeah, that was my experience with Longhorn Caverns and Inks Lake State Park. If you've been to any of these parks, I'd love to know what you thought about it. Leave a comment or some feedback in the Anchor app or on the Facebook page. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking along the ride for this episode and enjoying this extra little bonus content. So I also share a lot of my outdoor photos on my Instagram account, and I wanted to read one of my posts that was from about a week ago. And, you know, transparency and just kind of talking about how the outdoors has affected my life, I think is really important to continue to share stories and hopefully inspire people to to get outdoors when they feel like they're having a tough day. So when I posted this, I was just being honest and it got a pretty good response. And so I felt like um, reading you the caption and hopefully someone out there get something out of it. And if you're having a bad day, just remember for me, being outside is really important. And I think um, breathing some fresh air is going to do you a lot of good. So um, the, the photo was taken by my wife when we were at Lost Maples State Natural Area. And it was just, the, the photo is just kind of a candid photo of me walking uh, along some of the water on the trail. And it's it's me kind of just looking at the water, really just looking where I was about to step and you see the trees in the background and it's a great shot, but the caption under knife, under knife, underneath goes, uh, goes like this. Nature saved my life. I'm sure it has helped bring focus to a lot of other people as well, but I rediscovered it at a time in my life when I needed it the most. Ultimately, it helped me gain some perspective. The realization that the world is a big place and my problems could be overcome because I wasn't being entirely grateful for what I had when plenty of others had it way worse. Being active, being happy, being outside, those are all choices we make, choices I'm making. As an obsessive, I tend to become extremely passionate about hobbies and then lose interest and or burn out. So early on, I was apprehensive about the outdoors becoming a new hobby. But the things I've seen so far and learned about myself and the curiosity to learn more and see more fuel that desire in ways that other objects and things do not. Don't take for granted the ability to be outside and breathe fresh air. And don't take for granted an opportunity to spend any time outside. The Texas Trailhead is me sharing my love for the outdoors. And I really appreciate you coming along for the ride.
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page, and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead.